Hello and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo and I'm joined this evening as always by knife salesman Paul Giroux. Kwansu dudes, Kwansu. And Winky the One-Eyed Wonder, Sean Doyle. Can't buy a knife. <laughs> this month's letter was S, and against all sense of logic and good moral decency, we went with my pick of Surf Ninjas. What if we liked this movie? Let's wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. You guys watch Surf Ninjas? Because I've really, I've, I've been watching nothing recently but Bumper in Berlin. God, that was the first thing I was going to bring up. I was going to say, I think we caused a reboot of the, uh, the franchise. <laughs> or not, not a reboot of the franchise, what do you call it? It's like a spinoff, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that was solely based on the popularity bump, pun intended, that uh, we gave them. Wow. I thought you it- were going to say you've been marathoning the Three Ninjas movies. Oh God! Oh, I, the Three I, Ninjas movies. I sort of remember that. Was was Hulk Hogan in those? I think he was in one of them. Uh, was that before or after Suburban Commando? Man, this is this. God, Hulk, we've been Commando. coming back to Hulk Hogan a lot too. Or was there an advertisement for Suburban Commando at the beginning of the VHS of Three Ninjas? Mm, that might be it. All right, let's see. Taylor Thomas. Nope, he was in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. Hulk Hogan was the villain. See, I think I I had stopped watching them by then, but my brother, being four years younger than me, was more at the age. You know, like he was at the sort of apex of the the Three Ninjas popularity. So I think he, I think he 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 would be able to tell you more Three Ninjas knowledge than me. Yeah, that was a uh, an Alan Kiefer go to, but I think we stopped. I remember Three Ninjas, and then the second one was Three Ninjas Kick Back. I think right. I we I remember those two. I, I think the series continued, but I, I don't think I ever saw three or. Four. I th- think there's four in total. There's Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas Kick Back, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. That's the only ones I can see here on there's, IMDb. There's actually 27 of them. They're still making these movies. There's like there's like three ninjas relaxing their lazy boys and three ninjas watch We're watching the Macy's right Day now. Parade. Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas is in all of them. You know, I feel like I feel like that might not actually be true. I feel like he must have left at a certain point. No, no, he's right. in he's in Three Ninjas number 27 and number 27 will be Three Ninjas versus Clubber Lang <laughs> bringing it back to our podcast is clearly the most important podcast in Hollywood. Most important podcast in the world! Mm-hmm. 92, 94, 95, and 98. There was also a Three Ninjas kickback video game. And that's what I didn't do that I meant to do today. Was I meant to pull out my copy of Surf Ninjas for Game Gear and actually play the game. Oh. I didn't, I even didn't know that was do it. Thing. Oh yeah, they made it. It's the only system that got it, for obvious reasons. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yes, well, there was a... A Three Ninjas Game Gear game. We're, we're probably getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but didn't they make the Game Gear game first in order to promote the movie? Uh, goodness, did they? I thought, Chris, this is your podcast, dude. I thought, <laughs> I thought you knew yeah. all about this movie. Why are you asking us about games? the Game Gear tie-in I... here? This is some BS. I know you do all the work, but 
This is some of the work really should have been on you, this Game Gear nonsense. Hold on, hold on. And you know what? I'll say this. Is it just that they lack the, the ability to digitally show surfboards come out of trees back then? Like, it seemed weird <laughs> that the whole time he had to use the Game Gear, and then towards the end they were like, you don't need the Game Gear. And then he looks at the trees and he sees the surfboards, right? And then... Like, the next scene, or two scenes later, he's back to using the Game Gear. So it wasn't a growth moment. It wasn't like he's transcended past needing this, you know, this crutch. It it felt like they couldn't figure out how to do the graphics for the trees in the video game. So they were like, just, just have him see it in the woods. It'll be fine. All right. So Surf Ninjas uh, for Game Gear came out the same year as the movie. So they were they were obviously meant to be hand in hand. I can't get an exact release date for the Game Gear game because most Game Gear games, the closest the closest anyone really took records of Game Gear in North America was the year. But Surf Ninjas came out in '93 for Game Gear. But this is what I just learned: in 1994, there was a Surf Ninjas game for Amiga, Amiga CD32, and MS DOS. Oh, well, I did that. not know that there was another. Surf Ninjas game. I had no idea. The fact you don't own every Surf Ninjas video game must make you feel like less of a man. I mean, I'm going to try. I'm <laughs> gonna tr I have the Game Gear one. It's in the closet right now, but I'm going to try and track this thing down. This looks amazing. Wait, is this related to the movie? No. This doesn't seem right. This guy's like... There's like some big beefy dude and a wife beater. He just pulled like a ninja's heart out. What well, is... I'm, I mean, I suppose anybody who's making a game could, could put the word surf and ninjas together and make a game that is that tries to combine those ideas like like this, this movie really didn't corner weird. the market on surfing and ninjas no didn't but it, it should have didn't it we we must have really liked this because we're already talking about it i i kind of wanted to yeah. to bring a bumper in berlin because i uh i i've I'm four episodes into it, and uh, it's a TV series. It's a TV yeah, series yeah, on it's Peacock. A series. Oh, I saw it advertised. I thought it was like a movie. No. Um, wow. I, I had so so. I don't like. I don't hate it. Right. Like like it's it's certainly not amazing, but like I'm enjoying it. Like that character is funny, um, and I like him, and I like him. And the girl from Modern Family together, um, and it's kind of cool. which girl from Modern Family? The one, the oldest daughter. Really? Yeah. Is that other girl? I I saw quick in the promo. The one girl like looked like the girl from uh, Good Place, Tahani. Pass. Jamila Jamil's in that. Oh yeah. Oh wow. All right. Thanks for knowing things, Chris. No <laughs> Good yes. place, great show. Good place, I don't, is phenomenal. I don't know the good place, but that the the actress that you're talking about, she plays. She she plays a character that I think was meant to be played by, um, somebody the the woman in Pitch Perfect two that was it like, like the head of the like the German acapella team. Like I think that was intended to be what that character was, and then I don't think. She came back for the show, so they had to like sort of make a different character. This is just my assumption based on the show, but um, uh, yeah, like like those two people, him and um, what's her face from Modern Family, like because he was in Modern Family for like I don't know a couple seasons. Like they were like 
they were like dating in Modern Family and you wanted them to you wanted them to get together like they had really good chemistry and then I don't know I guess he was like such a big star that he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be like a regular on that show so they ended that storyline but like it's kind of nice to see them both in this show together cuz like they <laughs> they they you know they're they're fun to watch together um I I think that if I I think that if I uh I had like let's say that I was like I don't know 20 years younger than I am right and that like I had started watching these pitch perfect movies in college or something like maybe I'd be excited about this show like maybe I'd be excited that like oh like these you know this Bumper's character that I missed has come back, back you know what I yeah. mean but I don't know I don't think that there's a I don't think that like people are like really jonesing for more of this story do you know what I'm saying um like it's not like um it's not like Cobra Kai you know where we're all like oh like what like what weird thing are they gonna bring back from 40 years ago you know like what you know, which person from which of these movies are they going to resurrect? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this Surf Ninja's computer game rabbit hole is freaking bizarre. So, the, um, I can only find two copies of it on eBay right now. One is someone's asking for $150. And the other one's asking for $85 plus shipping because it's from Germany. I just looked at a YouTube playthrough of the game, and it appears to be dead serious. Like, I don't think there's anything, any intended comedy in this at all. And when I got to the end, which was like a one-on-one fight with Colonel Chi, um, who just looks like a weird cyborg, doesn't look anything like Leslie Nielsen, uh, it's just a kung fu fight, and then the, you beat it, and it says, congratulations, we applaud you on your great bravery. You have defeated the evil Colonel Chi and filled the souls and hearts of the citizens of Patusan with joy and happiness. You are crowned the new king of Patusan, but decide to abdicate your throne to return to the sea and surf. Dissolve the monarchy. Power to so the people. It, it is the, based on it's the movie. It's definitely based on the movie. But they just did it straight. I don't think they saw the movie. <laughs> I don't think they saw the movie. Cause like it's, I don't know. It's, I it kind of looks like the game that he was playing on the Game Gear. Honestly, like it's just like a really crappy beat 'em up. Like well, really crappy beat 'em up. Look, Chris, this movie means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So maybe it just struck this guy differently. Maybe. If I had to guess, this movie means precisely squat to a number of people that's smaller than our listening audience. That's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Game Gear game, this is where it's at. Because this is like totally like there's Game Gear Colonel Chi, and it's following the plot of the movie. It's kind of silly. It's pretty straightforward. Like he's throwing fireballs and stuff. Like this is this is out there. <laughs> Oh, the world of surf ninjas. So, anyways. Um, Chris. Yeah. Tell your wife that in the fourth episode of Bumper in Berlin, they sing Barbie Girl by Aqua. Oh, my God. Did you like, see the trailer for the Barbie movie? No. I like updating your wife on what's going on in that show. I don't think she's having any of it, though. No, she has not shown any interest in actually watching that show. 
Yeah, I think I think it it's like my own little joke within myself that I keep texting her stuff from the show. You know, I saw the commercial for the show several times before I even realized that it was connected. Because what's his face, uh, Adam Devine, is just in a bunch of crap. Uh, not not necessarily bad. I don't mean to be, but I mean he's just in a bunch of stuff. And I saw the commercial for it, and it said bumper, but it just didn't make the connection in my head, and I just didn't realize there was it was anything for like three or four commercials worth. And I was like. I think this is a spin-off from that movie we just watched. <laughs> yeah, I it like like I'm enjoying it. It's funny. Like I said, I haven't wasn't like I was like jonesing for this character to come back. Um uh I mean, but I also it's not like I discovered Pitch Perfect 10 years ago. I only discovered it what 3 letters ago, whatever that was. Right, um right. so uh there's that. Um my other criticism of it is that uh like like I don't think they, I don't think that they harness enough of what was successful about Pitch Perfect, right? Like, like mm-hmm. here's an example, right? In the first episode, he's bumper is um, part of the like washed up acapella crew that is like, remember the that it's they're like at those events like it's like Joe Latrulio and yeah yeah uh, yeah Donald Jason Faison. Jones and stuff yeah D- Donald Faison like so he rehearses with them and like he can get them free rehearsal space because he's still a security guard at Barden um <laughs> so like that like i thought that was funny that he's like still with this like washed up a cappella group but the only one of them that came back was Jason Jones like that would have been the perfect example to have Donald Faison back and Joe Latrulio. Like, you know, like you can't get those guys back for like one episode of this show, you know? And like, I don't think sh- Joe Latrulio is asking for too much money. I mean, yeah, uh, he's like, busy though. He, I know. Um, I see him in a lot yeah. of stuff. He was on what was it, the the cop one. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's he's canceled. Been now. doing commercials. He's on some big commercial right now. But if you know. offered him a paycheck, I'm sure he'd show up and do an episode. Yeah. They should have made a whole episode about those guys. Like that would have been funny. Like it's a bunch of comedians, you know. That would have um, been a funnier show entirely. If it was <laughs> if it was a show about those three guys, you'd better believe I'd be watching that. <laughs> and then my other my other uh my other criticism about it is like I think there's not enough of the like acapella performances like they seem to do one of them every episode and i think they try to do like weird funny songs like because it's a weird show so like i i texted karen they sung uh sweet child of mine like in a dumpster um uh and then they did this barbie girl thing but like i think part of what's fun about pitch perfect is like you're there to watch like to a certain extent you're like you're there to watch the way all these people's voices come together and like this show is like it's just him singing like and the other guy is like the weird backup sounds like it's not like it's not like you're invested in a group of people's voices um Ooh. so like that's another thing that I think's weird about it but I don't know it's funny it's kind of funny it's funny enough did i i I think I ranted at one of you but not on our podcast. <laughs> About what's her face, right? Yeah, yeah. But not on the podcast, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I mean, yes. I think you've done it both on and off. <laughs> yes, Sean. Sean hates. Um, uh, no, but I, did I give you the? Uh, I told one of you about the update. I saw another movie buyer. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, you. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if it's on was on the show or off. But yeah, you definitely told us about that. 
And don't watch that movie because not only whether you dislike her or not, the movie Drinking Buddies was just terrible. Like, so bad, hard to watch. Unlike, that's my segue, unlike <laughs> Saturday the 14th, which I sat and watched that dumpster fire and it was <laughs> awesome. Like, if you want to see some, like, you know, leftover people from SCTV, I say leftover as in, like, you know, struggled to get by. Uh, you want to see some leftover people from SCTV make a made-for-TV movie that I think went to the theater, but it's made-for-TV quality with uh, jokes that are so bad. Like, you know how Leslie Nielsen hit that Leslie Nielsen hit that nice spot where, like, uh, in like a Naked Gun, right? Mm -hmm. Where like it gets stupider and stupider, and at some point you're like, "That's the sweet spot right there." Right. Just keep going. Like they almost made it back around again. You know, like the stupid loop. Like yeah. when something's a little stupid. It's not funny. If you're Leslie Nielsen level of stupid, it's hysterical. Absolutely. Well, they kept going and almost circled back. They almost lapped him, but didn't quite make it. So the jokes don't <laughs> land that well. Um, but, oh, man, just the the special effects where basically somebody drew right on the film. They were like, you got a real steady hand? Just take this ink pen and draw a bat, and then just he'll transform into a bat, and it'll just be animated right on the film. I know it's not good looking. We're going with that for the special effect. Are and you saying like, we made a mistake? Are you saying that should have been our pick? Oh, man. There were so many bad things in that movie. Uh, the I mean, the acting's horrendous. The plot is just, just, just stupid. Um but again, it's it's it toys with it toys with almost greatness. It's not great. It's hard to watch. It's hard to get through. But at moments, you're like, you almost did it. You almost got back around to where I'm laughing like I would at an airplane or a naked gun. You know, like those movies are stupid, but they're perfect stupid. Oh, they're brilliant. They're oh. they're they're stupid, but they're genius. They're top end. Those those are high end comedy movies right there. Mm -hmm. Um, and this. This toyed with it, but it, it feels more. Um, those movies intentionally were stupid. Yeah, like that was that was the joke. And at moments, this feels like it's doing that, and that's the moments when this movie is not good. When it knows it's being stupid, it's just bad. Mm. When it's accidentally being stupid, it, it has a couple. It, it hits. It hits a couple. A couple triples. I'm not going to say home runs, but it hits a couple triples. And you're like, wait, nice. which, which movie are we talking about? Saturday the 14th. Oh, okay. That Sorry. was the one we didn't go with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ended up watching it uh, after I watched Surf Ninjas, and I was like, no, this is... I didn't remember most of it, except the monster in the beginning. When I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing. Um, but I blame myself. It was, it was my fault for... It was my fault for saying Surf Ninjas out loud. I, I skewed the whole operation. <laughs> Karen totally blamed you my too. Fault. <laughs> Karen was not thrilled to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Sh Sherry fell asleep. <laughs> I, uh, and when, I, it when it was over, and I was like, "What? Are, like, what are my points that I'm going to talk about with them?" She was like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, though the other choice was Scarface, right? And Scarface, I was just talking to this other uh, this other guy I work with, who's like North Jersey Italian, like loves mobster stuff, loves crime movies. We were talking about uh, Goodfellas or something or other. Or he was comparing something to Goodfellas, and and I, I brought it up. I was like, "What do you what do you think about Scarface?" Because I think it's a pretty big step down from like your Godfathers and your Goodfellas. And he was like, he didn't even feel like it was a crime movie. He was like, "That's more like an action movie." He's like, "It's not." 
you put it up against those other movies, it doesn't age well at all. It's not nearly as good. I don't know why people talk about it in the same breath. And I'm kind of with him. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. And again, on my crime list, it's pretty high. But I, I think it's a pretty big chasm between that and the truly great ones. The the Goodfellas, the Godfathers, uh-huh. the, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm just not all that interested in seeing it. It, I'm kind of not either. It was only my pick because I feel like it's something I should have seen and I never have, you know, like, yeah, just there's there's those movies where you say that you haven't seen them and people are like, what? You know, they act all indignant and are like, <laughs> I don't know. Get, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never experienced this ball. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I ever tell you guys that that's like that? That was sort of my relationship with the Harry Potter movies and story. No, I, like I, I was with you. I, like I didn't see any of them or read any of the books until like uh, maybe four or five years ago, after the last one had already come out. Yeah, and then totally. I, I sat down and watched them all in one shot. Well, I, so I, I have such a weird relationship with that uh, story and franchise, right? Because um, I. You know, I, I was I was I guess watching the movies when they came out. You know, the the first two movies are um, are perfectly uh, perfectly well made little kid uh, adventure type movies. You know, like they are are perfectly adequate. Uh, you know, whatever young adult movies. Um, and you know, I had seen them in the movie theater or on DVD with people or whatever. And then I guess people had brought up the book series, and I was like, "Oh, I, you know, I have not read the book series." And people would go, "What?" You know, and like they would like act like you just like punch their mom in the stomach or something, you know, and like basically I, the same thing. Yeah, like, and I was like, like, and 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 so I. I kind of was like, well, now I'm not reading these because you guys are dicks, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, I'm not anti book, but like, you people are so full of yourselves that like, well, now I'm not going to read these dumb stories, you know, <laughs> and then as the movies went on, they got harder to follow because you hadn't read the books like, right, I would, the I would sit next to Sherry bunch of shit. Yeah, like, like, you know, I, I like because Sherry had read them and I hadn't. And, you know, I'd sit next to her and I'd be like, who's that guy? And she'd be like, oh, that's Dumbledore's brother. You know, blah, blah. And I'm like, did we meet that guy yet? And she's like, well, he's in the book, you know, and it's like, oh, God, you know. And then when you would talk about it, people would go, well, they really made the movies for people who have read the books. And I would go, fuck you. That's like, bullshit. Like, I'm not getting cliff notes to watch a fucking movie. Like, I should be able to sit down and watch a goddamn movie with no context and enjoy it, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, so I like I, ju- I got more and more frustrated. And by the last movie, the, you know, whatever it was, like Deathly Hollows Part 2, I literally had no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> like, you know, cuz like like the 4th and the 5th one and stuff, like I would I would watch them and I would like I would sort of get excited before I went to see them cuz I would like, oh, like these are excited and they're like wizard movies and like there's magic and you know whatever. And then I would forget how much I didn't understand and I would get annoyed. But by the last movie, I was like I was already like you know, I'm annoyed at this. And I think that last movie I watched like 20 minutes of, and then I just fucking got up and walked out of the room. I was like, I'm done with this. Like never finished it. Those movies, the last, see, I saw the first movie and I thought it was pretty cute. 
And I saw the second movie, and I was like, yeah, was, I saw the first one, so sure, I'll see the second one. The, and it was neat. I was like, all right. The third one is great. The third the one, one is third one is great. That's what yeah. convinced me to watch the book, read the books. Yeah. I finished the third one. I was like, all right, I'm going to read these books because I, I just need to know what happens next. I thought that was brilliant. And then I read all the books, and then all the movies past that, progressively, especially, like, like the fourth one was still pretty, pretty fun to watch. That was the Triwizard Cup thing. Yep. But, like, after that, they just seemed like, all right, these are the scenes from the book we need to film, and we're just going to do that in order. But we're not yep. going to provide any content. We're not like it. Just seemed like they were ticking boxes of like, we need to shoot these scenes. This is these are the story beats that need to go on. We're not going to concern ourselves with making it into a cohesive story or a fun movie to watch. We're just going to film these scenes and tape them together. And I, yeah. I did not did not care for it. The third movie was the one that felt like most complete and most like a movie to me. You know that yeah. that um, uh, you know it it. It like had a twist to it. There was like really interesting groundwork laid up to that. Um, uh, I I do have to say the first two. It's impressive. Um, it's impressive the way that the director gets the flavor of the book and the um, and the uh, and the year at Hogwarts, right? Because I remember mm-hmm. in those first two movies it's always like now it's halloween at hogwarts now it's now christmas, it's christmas. And it's, yeah. you know um so like like it felt like a full you know school year that third book movie like that could have been a full school year or that could have been like three weeks you know like the way that the movie was made uh-huh. um uh but yeah that third one was great and then after that like I just remember there being things where you're like, why'd they do that? Like, I remember watching that Triwizard Cup thing mm-hmm. and like, they're like, there's like a commentator on the radio or something. And he's like, now Harry's fighting the dragon, you know, blah, blah, you know, and I'm like, well, why don't we just fucking show him fighting the dragon? Like, that sounds like it'd be a really cool part of the movie. And Sherry's like, well, that's how it happened in the book. And I was like, I don't give a fuck how it happened in the book. Like, show me a good movie. Well, we got to see Harry fight the dragon. I I I I I got to disagree with you on that one because I don't re- I, I don't remember what I'm 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 sort of paraphrasing, but I remember right, there yeah. was a thing that was sort of glossed over. Right. And I was yeah. like, why not just show that? Like, you know, <laughs> budget. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. So so I so I I had this sort of like love hate relationship with these movies that I like mm-hmm. got so frustrated with them, and then. When Nate was old enough to be interested in these books, we started listening to them on Audible, like on a trip. And then I got so into it that I was like, now I'm going to start reading. So then as a, you know, 40 year old man, I read all of these Harry Potter books and like was blown away by them. And then I watched the movies again and I was like, all right, cool. Like, all right. Okay. Uh, But yeah, like it was uh, it was literally. 20 years of being angry at them and then <laughs> and then like sort of falling in love with this story way too late. <laughs> so to be clear to all our listeners, uh, the three of us hate the books and the movies and think they're all trash. There, now we have no listeners. There you go. No, I I I remember watching the movies, they were a little confusing. I did have the benefit of watching them all back to back to back. Like that's how I watched them. Like not not in one day, not Rocky style, but like 
over the course of a week. So I was able to follow everything well enough. They didn't seem like super impressive movies to me. The first two definitely felt like young adult Oh, yeah, they were like, definitely more kid movies. And perfectly well done. No problem. You know, I'm not complaining. Just I, when I watched those two, I was like, well, this isn't really going to be for me. But, you know, good on you. You did a, a decent product here. Um, but I do remember really liking, and I don't know that I liked the movie as much as I liked the story. The, I don't know which one it was. I'm going to say the sixth one, maybe five, six. The one that was all about, there was like this time loop going on at a lake. I really enjoyed the story, so I enjoyed the movie, you know, because I didn't read any of them. The time loop thing at the lake was the third one. Was it? That was great. That was the one I really enjoyed. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, because Hermione had that time turner. Yeah, yeah, the time turner. classes and stuff. Oh, that's the the one uh, I really enjoyed. And the, um, uh, what's the thing? Patronus. The Patronus uh, thing that protects you. Yeah. Yeah. That one was great. Yeah, solid flick. Oh, oh, like, 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 here's another example of a thing where I was like, uh, like, like, why not just treat it like a movie? Like, why do the thing in the book, right? Like, I remember, mm, oh, hell, I don't know. It was one of the ones towards the end. Like, it must have been, must have been like seven or eight or something. I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like the last movie or the, you know, the second to last movie or something. But like, they all, that like, Voldemort is after Harry. And they, like, a bunch of them all change their appearance and pretend to be Harry and they like get on the brooms with like other people and they all like split in different directions so that like Voldemort doesn't know where Harry, like, you know, it's a shell game, which one is he, whatever. Right. And so like he kills a character that like has been with you for like three movies or four movies. The, the, the googly eye guy, uh, mad Mad eye. Yeah. You know? And like, they all get to their place and they're like, Oh yeah, he died. You know? And I was like, Dude, like, didn't we know that guy for, like, three movies? Like, they couldn't have, like, given him a death? And Cherry's like, well, that's how it was in the book. And I was like, god damn it. And that was, like, that was that was so effective in the book, because in the book it was like, they're just dropping like flies. We are, this is, this is what we're about. We're killing everyone. Nobody is safe right now, so no, whoever you think you're attached to, you'd better be prepared. And they killed, they killed a ton of people in that book. They killed one of the twins like they were just dropping like flies and it it was it was so effective in the book because it was like it made it nerve-wracking it was like in serenity when wash dies and then everyone gets like hit with poison darts and everything like oh god they're killing everyone who's gonna live like i don't know and it's it's one of those situations where it's like nobody has plot armor anymore like we've just raised the stakes so now you're kind of on edge but yeah in the movie it just seemed like I mean, we're really sad about the owl, but this guy died too. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not spoiling Harry Potter for anybody out there. But you know, it's also yeah. it's also twenty twenty two. So it's, it's been around. <laughs> yeah, get over we're it. Surf people. ninjas. Hopefully, we're not spoiling <laughs> surf ninjas for anybody. That's a good point. Yeah, I think <laughs> surf ninjas already spoiled surf ninjas for a lot of people. <laughs> There's no spoiling that movie. It's too good. <laughs> um, well, I guess we should probably talk about surf ninjas, but I know Paul has some. has some addresses to make here oh i do paul addresses hollywood yeah i have to i have i have i have to address hollywood twice because um because i didn't get to do it last time we had we had 11 hours of rocky to get through so it's you know it's conceivable that i wouldn't get to address hollywood there's Um, priorities you know we we had to do we had to do 
So my address to Hollywood actually has a little bit to do with a movie that came out, you know, around last month, last letter when we were doing this. Um, you guys have seen this movie and I haven't. How was the Weird Al movie? Oh, oh wonderful. Oh, it was amazing. It's everything it should have been. Was, I'm yeah, trying was... to watch it and I can't get it anywhere. Like it's not. I think it's only on the Roku channel. It's right? only on Roku and I don't have that. Oh, I could just give you my Roku, considering you're here with me and Chris, and I brought it with me. Hmm. Well, I'm not here with you and Chris. Nor did I bring it with me. We're trying to trick everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, I don't think it cost us anything. I can't remember how we watched it. Oh, do you not have a Roku? We don't have a Roku, but we can download the Roku channel on our Apple TV. Oh. Oh. Okay. So you just go into the App Store and downloaded the Roku channel, and I think that's how we watched it. Okay. I'm it was amazing. Uh, was... One TV is a Roku TV, so it's, it's got Roku built in. Yeah, no, it was it was it was it was a freaking masterpiece. Oh, was... All right, well, g- give give me your nickel talk on the the Weird Al movie. Go ahead. What's your it, what's your what's the consensus? It's a parody. It's like it's a parody of a biopic. It's completely absurd, and played so very straight. Yeah, it's. Did you see <laughs> the funnier die? Um, like three, four years ago, Funny or Die put out a uh, uh, a preview for yeah, yeah, and um, 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 what's his face? Uh, Patton Oswalt is Doctor Demento, and yeah. uh, uh, who's who's Madonna? It's like it's like Olivia. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember who played what in the in the preview, but they literally just made that movie. Like a hundred percent that that could have been. The preview for this movie so what you got there in a three minute segment from funny or die which was very funny you get an hour and a half of that um kind of, you know what uh, was weird they didn't use Patton oswald as dr demento they used uh dwight whatever dwight's name is yeah, yeah rain, rain wilson right uh but Patton oswald was in this briefly and it's like why didn't you just i'm not that rain wilson didn't do a great job he did he did a fine job uh, but it just seemed weird. It's like you already cast Patton Oswalt as this character, and now you ask him to come back and play somebody else. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had a real brief part, like in. Uh... Yeah, it sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure he was yeah, in there. Yeah, I can't remember what he was doing, but he was. There in was a, brief a lot week. happening in that movie, and it's all genius. Yeah, and like it goes way too far, as it should. <laughs> There's, there, there, as far as like where the plot goes and the rest of his life. It goes it just way too far. Yeah, like two-thirds through the movie, I'm going to say. You're like, all right, I get it. You're taking all the parts of his life, and you're pairing him, and fine, fine. I get it, right? And just about the moment where you're like, all right, we, we, we get the joke. We're there. They just like, no, you don't get the joke, because here we go. And they, they, they amp it up a notch, and they just like, no. Nope. <laughs> I don't care if you get the joke. We're going places. We're going places. <laughs> We're going to take this to a whole other ridiculous level. You're like, what is happening? This is this is it gets you're just like what it's not even a parody of a movie about his life anymore you're just like where are we this is nothing <laughs> how did how did we get here how did we get here and I am so curious if Madonna has seen this movie and if she has <laughs> what does she think of it because Madonna's a big part of oh, this she's movie probably the second biggest character I mean maybe Doctor Demento but yeah Madonna's right up there. 
Well, Absolute she work it. of genius. His Can't whole MO it. is parodying things. So, like, if exactly. he's going to make a biopic movie, why wouldn't he parody biopic movies, you know? Exactly. This is everything it had to be. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was everything it needed Which to is, be. There's a couple funny things in his life that were almost like... I almost wanted to see, like, a real... I would have watched a real biography of Weird Al's life. Oh, God, me too. And there's a couple funny things that happened in his life that are just, in my mind, is ridiculous that they sort of parody in this, but then take to an obscene, absurd level. But it's like, that was funny before you played with it. Like, where, what is happening? Like, if I'm not mistaken, he really started playing the accordion because it was sold to him from a door-to-door accordion salesman. Like, came to the house, and the mother was like, yeah, he should learn an instrument, and bought... Who, how was that ever a job for anybody? And how did they ever make a sale? And you made a sale and it was to weird out? Like, that's just, the whole thing is ridiculous. But then that wasn't enough. They were like, nope, we're going to parody that ridiculous oh, situation to something way, way and more over the top. Wow. I want to watch that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, so good. It's kind of crazy that we've... Uh talked about Harry Potter and um, and uh, the Weird Al movie all in one episode since that was both Daniel oh, Radcliffe. Well, Daniel base- Radcliffe was amazing in it too. Oh. Well, basically, if you had those two movies together and replaced Daniel Radcliffe with Rob Snyder, you get Surf Ninjas, right? I mean, <laughs> shot for <Yeah>. shot. <laughs> it all comes together. Um, well, so, th- so this is what I need to tell Hollywood. Um, and honestly, uh, I guess I'm, I'm not talking directly to Hollywood. I, I think... I think I'm really talking to Broadway by way of Hollywood. So, like, Broadway, Hollywood, both of you listen up. This 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 pertains to both of you, okay? So, like, follow me. Here's where I'm going here, right? So, Hollywood, Hollywood will take Broadway musicals and make them movies, right? It's a common thing. We've seen it. Chicago, Dreamgirls, like, things that are properties that sell well. They make it into a big movie at Christmas, you know, big musical movie, boom, right? There's your, like, Oscar nominee right there. Broadway then takes things that are movies and makes them musicals. Cause, like, this is Doubtfire. Just, yeah, like, just did that Mr. Doubtfire, yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice is, like, the big one now, Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. And I, I keep seeing ads for this Back to the Future musical, which, like, scares me a little bit because I love Back to the Future, but, like... I would probably see the musical. Yeah, like, I'd go see the Yeah, let's yeah. Do it. Um, and then you get things where it like comes full circle, and you're like, 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 where does this even start or end? Like a like a snake eating its own tail, right? Like, um, like for example, like producers was a movie in the '70s, and then they made it a musical, and then they made the movie of the musical, like. Same thing with like hairspray, right? So it's like it's like musical first, then no, sorry, movie first, then musical, then movie musical, right? So, uh-huh. um, so I guess if I want a movie musical like this, Broadway is gonna have to make a musical first, and like the other thing Broadway's always doing is it's making those jukebox musicals. Like it's like, all right, here's a here's like a artist that you like. We're gonna like. Put all these songs together to a loose oh, story. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, like, like uh, um, like uh, Alanis Morissette, "Jagged Little Pill," or um, yeah. I like, I have no idea what that's about, but people seem to love it. Uh, what's the? There's like a Billy Joel one, "Moving Out," right? Like, yeah. 
jukebox musical of Billy Joel music, right? So sure. here's what I want Broadway to do. Make a jukebox musical of Weird Al songs. Wait, wait, I know what you're saying. How do you do that? Because Weird Al songs are parodies of other songs, but they're not all parodies of other songs. He's got original songs. Some of his like, best work. Yeah, Albuquerque. No. Frank's no. 2000 inch TV. Let's go. Biggest Paul Twine in Minnesota. Let's go a different direction. You ready? Yeah. I love where you're headed. Okay. Tag on that. All right. You use all his food music, right? And you tie all the food songs. He's got lots of f- food songs. Lasagna, eat it, fat. You know, just they just keep going and going and going, right? But some so, of those are parodies of real people's songs where you so, need, like, their you get, permission. You pay, you get the rights. It's going to be great because watch where I'm going with this, right? So all those things have a common theme running through there, right? This food theme. My Bologna, right? Yeah. You yeah. set the musical, the, your jukebox musical, all your characters, you set it in an eating disorder clinic. And you do the whole movie straight and dark, but then these songs pop in. <laughs> no? No one's with me? We're going to get a lot look, of trouble? People are going to be like, this is a real disorder? Stop doing this? No. I, I say I, we do I it. I mean, maybe. I say Hollywood does it. Like, like we 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 have to see how hard this idea is like your your idea might be more executable even though like you know probably not cool um, <laughs> probably not okay <laughs> you said it's not pc it's not that's what that's where we're going with this i think i think that this weird al musical that i'm envisioning that like it's about america like it's about the american <laughs> dream right i think it's got to start with albuquerque because albuquerque like, Albuquerque is kind of like a narration song, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe Albuquerque's even split up throughout the musical. Like, it, like, narrates you into different parts of his life. Like, maybe maybe the first verse of it ends, like, after he's married and he has the two kids, Nathaniel and Superfly. And then, and then like, it's just about, like, you know, I think it's about, uh, you know, him him living the American dream, like with his family, whatever, right? Like, uh, maybe he gets his, um, his, uh, job down at big, what big Ed's eating and heating and plumbing where he, he, he leaves from there in the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota song. Um, uh, Oh, and when he's there, he's got to move. He's got to move these refrigerators. No, that's the, yeah, that's dire straits. That's That's dire straits. What does he say in that song? What's the weird out one is, Oh, that's Beverly Hillbillies. That oh, it's a Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna move. That's a hard to one to Beverly. work in. Well, anyway, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Albuquerque brings you into it. Then we start meeting like all these characters in that town. We could meet Frank or Frank's 2000 inch TV. Like it could be like, you know, I like I want to live the dream that like my neighbor has. Whatever I don't know. And then like I think Act One's got to end with biggest ball of twine in Minnesota and the trip. You know the trip across the country to see the biggest ball tournament. Oh, and Albuquerque's that. What's that? Mu- there's a word for musicals like when you go see Phantom of the Opera. That first song keeps coming back. The Overture. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Right. I think even maybe the title of the musical is Albuquerque because it's like an Al right. Albuquerque. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Anyway. Right, Hollywood or Broadway. Yeah. Well, it's got to be both, right? Like Broadway's got to make the jukebox musical, so then Hollywood can make the movie. Of the Weird Al jukebox musical, so I'm and talking to both of you. But Disney I'm really can make ab- the live action animated version, right? Right. Clearly, 
I, I want to chime in and say something to Hollywood on, on, on behalf of that is uh, I'm just generally angry at Hollywood for not putting weird in movie theaters. This movie deserved a theatrical run. <laughs> I agree. And uh, screw Hollywood for not using his music in more movies. And my hat's off to the Transformers cartoon. Because they, be they worked it in there. They were like, why wouldn't we use a Weird Al song in here somewhere? Doesn't make any sense, man. Well, great. And while we're all expressing our anger and frustration with Hollywood, um, I think, Chris, now you got to change the music because now okay. I got to, like, have a heart-to-heart with Hollywood. Like, okay. Hollywood, heart to you heart and me got to sit down. Yeah, we got to have a it's heart like to heart. like a violin or a cello, maybe? This is yeah. Paul's Hollywood heart-to-heart. Got yeah, it. Something, something a little more pointed. So, listen, Hollywood, I know... Things are changing for you. I know you're growing up. There's hair in places that there wasn't before, right? Like, I know I know that things are scary right now, right? But, like, do we need this new Avatar movie? Like, did you think this is a thing that we needed? Like, why did you think that we wanted to see this? Like, was anybody... Is anybody jonesing for this Avatar movie? Like, that thing was, like, 15 years ago. And, like, I don't know. I mean, like, it was cool, but, like, something now really going to be that cool? Like, I don't know, Hollywood. I don't know if this is a good idea, and I don't know... I don't know if you should have done it. It's just <laughs> between I you and I. I didn't like it 15 years ago, and I sure as hell don't want to see it now. It was... I don't understand why everyone loved that movie. I it, don't think it felt it's... super heavy-handed and sort of predictable... And the writing was pretty bad. Like, I, don't think I it's get added... the effects were good. No argument, the effects were good. But so were, like, I don't know, I feel like the last 15, 20 years have... When was the last time I saw a movie in the theater, not Netflix, that the effects were bad? Like, I hated Batman v Superman. It looked great. But I thought everything things. looked great. You know? Yeah. Superman looked like Superman. People flew around, they punched it, it looked great. Transformers movies, uh, they got pretty bad there. But you know what? They look good. I'm not saying they don't look good you can talk crap on Jurassic Park movies I love them but you can talk crap on them justifiably but you can't say they don't look great so did Avatar look amazing? sure but like what was the mineral they were looking for? Impossibleum Unobtainium Unobtainium I'm sorry How dare you (laughs) This is just not good writing sir and then like the flaming horse I've never been hit in the face with symbolism so hard in my whole life. I cracked a tooth on that one. I was like, jeez, come on. I got it that they're Native Americans. I get it. I got it right at the beginning when you started hinting at it. And now all of a sudden there's a horse that doesn't make any sense. If you're bonded to a flying dragon, you know what you don't do? You don't take a horse into battle for some guys. Like, no, you got a flying dragon guy. What are you doing? Stop it. This is how I feel. I've never seen it. I don't want to. You're saying all this stuff. I don't even remember any of it. Like, like I I just, I don't think, yeah, I just don't think it's added anything lasting to the culture. Like it, like it was this huge movie and it had all these like technological advances and everybody talks about how amazing it looked, but like, you know, whatever it is, 13, 14 years later, like, I don't like what did it like what did it really give us that we that we have gone back to you know like nothing. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the whole Harry Potter thing I saw them they were decent it's not my shtick 
but I get why people are big into it. You created a whole fun world with lots of possibilities and interesting characters. So I get why people are big into it. Like you've got these diehard fans. I get it. It's not my shtick, but I get it. And there's a couple different things that have done a really good job doing that. I mean, I, you know, I am a big Marvel fan and they did an amazing job doing it, but Star Wars does a great job with world building and there's lots of things that do. DC is struggling with it, but they're trying. They're trying, but they're not doing a great job with it. Um, but Avatar is like, or Jurassic Park, even at least they gave us lovable characters. They had special effects and some of the movies are really good and I enjoy them all, but I, I admit some of them aren't great. But you had great characters. I just feel like with Avatar, it was like, to say that you've built a world where you're going to start giving us other stories your world the world that you built was the story the story is done you didn't build a world that I'm interested I was again and I didn't like it but even if I did like it there's nothing there that I want follow-up from right there was a, a handful of characters that were moderately likable um, and there was nothing else I wanted to see like in Harry Potter, you want to see what's around the next corner. You you can bring in other characters and other aspects of that world that are interesting. Um, Avatar was just like the whole thing was was the plot of that world was the story. There's nothing more for, I, in my opinion, there's nothing more to do here. And, and maybe the second movie will come out and it'll be amazing. But I, it's it like making a sequel to the Memento. The most glowing review I've seen of it is that it's fine. <laughs> and it's like three hours, isn't it? Like, like yeah, it's it's long <laughs> as heck. And James Cameron's got like, uh, he, he's got plans to do like eight of these things or something. He's like, oh, I never want to stop making these movies. And I'm, I have a similar relationship to what you had with Harry Potter on this one. Like, there was there was so much hubris surrounding the first movie that I just made the executive decision. No, fuck you. I'm not seeing this movie. They, they literally said, movies will never be the same. And I was like, I'm sorry. The the movies I have on my shelf are not going to be the same anymore after your stupid Fern Gully movie comes out. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. And don't talk shit on Fern Gully, all right? <laughs> no, Fern Gully's fucking great. <laughs> but I've seen Fern Gully. I don't need it remade into this weird blue people shit. We're stealing the name Avatar from that wonderful cartoon. Yeah, you know what? Here's my note to Hollywood. If you're gonna, if Disney's gonna keep making old cartoons into live action movies unnecessarily, how about give me a reboot of Fern Gully? Was that Disney? I don't even know. Maybe no, that Disney. wasn't Disney. Oh, well, that's why they didn't. But do Disney it. better get their shit together with Gargoyles. How the fuck is that not around right now? That show was amazing. Avatar Three: Gargoyles. The Last Fern Gully. <laughs> It'll be a straight up crossover with Fern Gully. <laughs> Third movie. It's gonna be amazing. I'd go see it. <laughs> yeah, if they just announced that the third Avatar movie is a shot-for-shot remake of Fern Gully, I would see it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, well, well that's that's it, all I have to say to Hollywood. All right, is that the end of the podcast? We done? N- no, bang, we still have to gavel. talk about Surf Ninjas. We have to talk about Surf yeah. Ninjas. There are, there are things to discuss here. So, let's get down to the brass tacks here. Surf Ninjas was released on August 20th, 1993, and was distributed by New Line Cinema. It was directed by Neil Israel and written by him and Dan Gordon. Israel's other directorial works include Episodes of the Wonder Years and Lizzie McGuire, 
and he was a writer on the original Police Academy, Look Who's Talking To, and more. Oof. Dan Gordon's other work, other writing credits, include Rambo Last Blood, 1994's Wyatt Earp, and episodes of Highlander the series. The movie stars an absolute all-star cast, including Ernie Rice Jr., Rob Schneider, Nicholas Cowan, Tone Loke, John Carlin, Ernie Rice Sr., and Leslie Nielsen. It tells the story of a pair of kids and their pet Rob Schneider who find out they're princes of Patusan. One finds out he's a warrior, one can see the future with his game gear, and Rob Schneider is there too. I watched this in my house with Greg and Karen <laughs> through nefarious means, though I do own it on DVD, so I don't feel bad about it. I just didn't feel like going and getting the DVD. I had a glass of chocolate milk. Uh, Greg, I think, was drinking hot chocolate. And I can't believe Karen sat through the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I watched this alone. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and Alone in the dark with the door locked. <laughs> Tears of shame. Uh, I ate a big old bag of Taco Bell. Because, you know, tacos, surf, bell, right? yeah, ninja. Okay. Why not? I don't know. And uh, drank heavily because <laughs> surf ninjas. Um, I watched this on... DVD, the DVD that I own. I watched it on DVD the way that God intended you to do it. Walked over to my shelf, put the DVD in the player. Um, it then asked me if I would like to watch it in full screen or widescreen. <laughs> and I chose widescreen. Um, and don't want to um, miss any of the shots. Don't want to miss a thing. Um, and while I was watching it, we <laughs> ate brownies. We made some brownies and we ate them and they were delicious. Oh, wait, I missed um, it. I missed it. I, I should have said I watched it on YouTube because it's just free on YouTube because nobody's defending the rights of this movie. <laughs> is that of so? Course it is. Yeah, it was just, it's just on YouTube. Like, just go ahead. Oh, just... That's amazing. So happy. That's, that's good news for the world. This should not be, <laughs> this should not be hidden from anyone. Well, um, so I loved this movie when I was younger. Um, it's not a good movie, but it has, it has a series, it has like four or five genuinely hilarious moments in it. And I think that's the thing that really keeps it alive for me. There are, there are moments of this, of this movie that I, I still quote all the time, uh, Either the glass is half full or we're dead. Like I, I say that all the time. It's a great line. There's, there's, it's so stupid. It's, it's the second stupidest movie I've ever seen. The only thing I've ever seen that's dumber than this is Kung Pao Enter the Fist, which is without a doubt the stupidest movie I've ever seen. But, but that intended to be stupid. It did, and I don't so did know this. Yes. So yeah, this uh, there was certainly times when I think this movie didn't quite know the direction that it was going. Um, I I I do think that this movie intended to be stupid, though. Uh, I mean, you cast Leslie Nielsen as your villain, like right, and that's the thing I keep going back to. You know, like um, like one of the notes that I had uh, is that the um, you know, in the beginning when they're when they're doing the kung fu um when they're you know or when they're when there are fight <laughs> scenes uh the fight scenes are really campy right like um like you know the kid is in school like trying to uh 
trick everybody about where Spain is on the map, and there's <laughs> there's like a ninja outside the 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 window, and like nobody sees this other ninja come up and sort of like poorly like knock him off the building. You know, like there's there's all this like really campy stuff that ah, you skateboard ah yeah like if you if you uh you know if it was in any other movie you'd go like oh my god this is garbage but i think that because you know they set it up as this sort of campy thing with leslie nielsen as the villain like you ex you like you accept that it's going to be silly um and uh and honestly like like i think i think they probably paid leslie nielsen for like two days of shooting um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he probably did it as a favor to somebody and, uh, and you know, the, and I bet you he made up half of his lines, like the stuff with the answering machine, like it goes a long way, uh, but it's so stupid. And, um, and like, it gets even stupider when you think about it. Cause you're like, he's got a friggin' like cordless phone. Like, why does he keep going up these stairs? to this phone but like it was probably just like leslie nielsen thought that this was hilarious and like they were like all right dude run with it you know um and it was the answer machine bit was funny it was i feel like they actually needed to hit it one more time yeah i I felt like it was climbing they didn't quite pay it off and like but that that was the thing like raul julia in street fighter leslie nielsen showed up for this movie like he didn't phone this shit in. He, he Leslie Nielsen did up, and it was great. He was amazing as Colonel Chief. Wait, before we get too far from what Paul just said, the the fight scenes in the beginning, there's something about the way the guys were moving. It felt to me like I was watching Power Rangers. The just the, something about the way the fights were choreographed, and even when like the bad guys hop out of the truck, uh-huh. uh, like in the beginning. I don't know why they were driving around a dump truck with guys in the back. Dump truck full of ninjas. Right. Okay, sure. So the guys, the way they hop out and just move their body, it felt like, I meant to look it up, but I didn't. Uh, I feel like the people who worked on this worked on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, just the the movement and the, the maybe the way it was filmed or the sound effects that were added in as a guy like jump out of the truck and lean back awkwardly as he's pulling the lever. Oh, it's it's 100% designed to be camp. And like they really hit you over the head with it right in the beginning of the movie with the stupid moto surf thing. Right. It's like, yeah, they're doing this dumbass moto surf thing. And then they immediately just point out the complete absurdity of it, where the cop pulls over the other guys. Like, I swear we weren't moto surfing. And the guy pulls out a paddle and it looks like a, a TV PSA commercial or something for doing drugs with this fucking paddle. Because it's like, that's the joke. It's like, oh, okay, so this is what kind of movie this is. It's completely absurd. Nothing is to be taken serious. It, it's I love so it. stupid. The moto surf, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, it's the like dumbest shit ever. Yeah, and like, and like, I, to be fair, I guess. Uh, well, I I don't want to say that it was at a time when people thought that was cool because I guess Teen Wolf was easily ten years prior to this. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not true. Probably. What five or six years prior to this was this ninety three? This was ninety three. So well, that's close say. to ten years. Teen Wolf had to be like eighty five. That was an early Michael Jackson movie. Michael Jackson, Michael J. <laughs> Fox movie. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> that would have been a way uh, different movie. Yeah, I don't know, but um, but 85. yeah, like what, oh, whatever, it. whatever you, whatever you want to say about the the moto surf, like whether people really thought that was cool in like Southern California, it's like 
would you have an oar in your car? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're like, and so when the cop pulls him over and the oar is freaking contraband, like, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's completely <laughs> insane. I love it. Um, sorry to, I feel like I started a, a thread and then I never finished it. Um, uh, yeah, the, like Sean was talking about the, um, the fight scenes in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's like, it's like part of it might've just been that it was designed to be camp. And then like part of it might've just been like, that was the standard for low budget fight scenes in the nineties or something, you know? Cause like, I also think that, um, there have been advances in like fight scenes and editing in movies so that like nowadays, whether you have a big budget or a low budget thing, there are tactics for making your fight look cooler. You know, like I think some of those like Jason Bourne movies sort of like changed the, changed the game on that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think this was designed to be camp and and I keep going back to Leslie Nielsen as my my like bar for like where this movie should be as far as how serious it is, which is why it was weird to me that when they got to Patusan, there was like more like sort of like I guess intended to be like big budget cool set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the like where they're like throwing the dynamite out of the car and like stuff like that, you know, and like at that point I was kind of like, what is this movie trying to be? Like, cause like this doesn't look cool and it like isn't exciting and it isn't even campy. Like, it's just like at that point it was sort of just weird. Yeah. So there's dynamite in here. So throw it at him. You're supposed to light it first. So when Rob Snyder stops in that scene and looks at the camera and spoon feeds you the joke he just made, that also made me feel like the movie didn't know where it was going. Cause it was like, it was a pretty easy joke. It was uh, you know, about the guy's eye patch. I don't yeah. remember what it was now, but whatever it was, it was pretty obvious. He was like, oh, did you try the patch? Which was a stupid, campy joke. And then they stopped and tried to ring it home by him breaking the fourth wall for the first time in the whole movie. Yeah, that, and it, that's a big thumbs down. It, it made it feel like they really, at that point, I don't know if they filmed this in chronological order, but it certainly felt like at that point they didn't know what they were trying to do. It was like, where are you going with this? Who... who <laughs> Who was this aimed at? Because we all got the joke. You rang it home unnecessarily in a way we haven't done up till now, which is wild. Just hard left turn out of nowhere at an unnecessary moment. Well, I think who this movie was aimed at was Ernie Race Jr. Like, if I... The whole point of this movie, to me, seemed to be like, all right, so I first found out about this movie in a trailer before seeing Ninja Turtles 2 in the theaters mm-hmm. where Ernie yep. Race Jr. played Kino. And then, okay, so now we've seen Kino in action in this Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, here's a whole movie with, with Kino in it. Um, and I felt like this movie was intended to be a vehicle to launch Ernie Race Jr.'s career. And, like, his dad was a producer on the movie, and his dad played Zatch in the movie, and it just seemed like they cobbled together this thing that was meant to look to appeal to that, you know, California surfer popularity of the time and also be completely ridiculous in a way that would make kids laugh and launch an action career for Ernie Race Jr. And it obviously didn't work. (laughs) 
Well, so this was quite literally the only other note that I wrote down about this movie, which I think it's sad that I wrote two notes and we've now gotten to both of them. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like, I, so I think Ernie Reyes Jr. was involved in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Like, he didn't have a part, but I think he was, uh, I don't know, maybe he was a voice or something. Like, I think he was involved in the first one. And then they gave him a part in the second one. Um, and like those movies and this were both new line cinema. Like they clearly liked him and were trying to, uh, launch a career for him, which I guess maybe this movie didn't live up to what they were hoping that it would. Um, but, uh, it's, it sort of makes me wonder how much creative input he had, uh, because, like, yeah, his dad is a part in this movie. Um, his dad, from what I know, was a, a stuntman, like, was a martial arts stuntman. Yeah, um, he'd and, done a couple of kung fu movies. He did stunts yeah. for, like, Street Fighter and Red Sonja. So I think this was, like, really his first acting role because he had done stunts and a lot of other things and not yeah. actually had, had lines or anything. Um, uh, and, you know, like, there was some stuff about it where I said to myself, like, what was this movie, you know, as, as, as little as there is to be mined from this movie that isn't comedy. Um, like part of me was like, was this an attempt to try to infuse some, um, you know, like Asian or Pacific Islander sort of like, culture and faces in this martial arts boom of the like late eighties and early nineties. That was all the shit that we were just talking about the three ninjas and whatever, where mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of white kids all doing karate or, you know, I mean, karate kid. I mean, I love it to death, but like, it's still a karate movie about a white kid, you know, yeah. fighting another um, white kid. And don't forget about Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Oh, David Carradine. Well, yeah, and then the TV series was big in the '90s, and who was who played his son in that? I'm pretty sure he's a white guy. He maybe might have had a little bit of Asian ancestry, but he's I think he was a white guy, if I remember correctly. But the, the, so the, the legend continues. The reason the reason I wrote down like did you know Ernie Reyes Jr. and Ernie Reyes Sr. have some sort of creative input in this was I. I I kind of keep thinking about the the scene in the high school where the the Bob Ron of of uh, whatever that that like he's like some sort of like like leader or holy man of some Asian country and that the principal is like first of all why would this guy be at a random high school in California like it makes no sense you know like like we like we didn't have like community leaders or like spiritual <laughs> leaders from other countries come to our high school. Like, like we had a dude that was like, don't play on the train tracks. Like, look at the absence of my leg. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like that was the kind of people that visited your high school, you know? So like, first of all, I'm like, why is this dude at the high school? But then the principal is like, you, you're Asian of some sort. You're going to do a, highly authentic dance performance for this Asian holy man, you know? And, like, 
I, like, I mean, it's funny that he sings this Beach Boy song, but like, part of me is like, was this, was this Asian people going like, oh yeah, of course white people would do this to us, like, of course somebody would go, oh you're Asian, like do this for this thing, or was this just like somebody thought it was funny to have this. Barbara Ron character, and then he sings Barbara Ann. <laughs> you know, it, like I, I don't, I, I literally can't figure out what the catalyst for this was. <laughs> yeah, that my only thought was that it was, um, yeah, it was New Line trying to launch Ernie Race Jr.'s career because he is fun to watch. Like I thought he was super cool as Kino, and like as a martial artist, he's fun to watch. His fight scenes in this movie, are pretty cool. He does a lot of the same moves that he did in Turtles 2, but, uh, you know, he's he's got a good presence when it comes to doing on-screen action, but... Uh, well, and he actually knows, like... Exactly. Food, you know? He actually knows martial arts, so... <sighs> well, I had a bunch of notes. Let's see. Um, the first one was the fashion this movie is nuts. The, the fashion, The fashion oh, in this yeah. movie... <laughs> When Kino in the beginning, Kino when when Ernie Ray's character in the beginning of the movie is wearing those giant fucking overalls that are like they're like capri overalls, like they don't come all the way down to his ankles, but they're past his knees. And the shirts, Rob Schneider's hair. Oh, the fact that Rob Schneider was playing a high school kid—we haven't touched on that. He was like thirty when this came out. Rob I mean, Schneider was thirty years old when this movie came out. Really? They were just like, "Eff it, let's just go with it." I mean, Kino, Kino was a little bit old. Uh, I, I looked it up because I was like, "I think Kino's not even old." He was a little bit old, but it wasn't crazy. He was like twenty twenty one. But I was like, I was trying to think of other Rob Schneider movies. I was like, I don't think there's any way that guy was in his twenties. And it was closer than I thought. He was he was like thirty when this movie came out. I'm like. Hollywood just don't give a fuck. They're like, I don't know, dye his hair blonde, we'll say he's in high school, it's fine. And he wasn't even supposed to be a senior. They said he was in the 11th grade. He's an 11th grader? Rob Snyder? This is a messed up, a messed up world they've crafted here. I don't oh, know. I, I I ate up Rob Schneider in this movie. Like, oh, I, it's his, It's the best I've ever, it's the best thing I've ever seen him in. We, we yeah. made the joke about the knife thing at the beginning. Uh, I mean, that, that, that whole bit about the knife. I mean, Tone Loke lends a hand, but God, they nailed it on that one. I was like, this is actually Rob Schneider being very funny right here. This is good stuff. The the whole what if thing was kind of funny. Like the, the what if thing killed me in that they missed an opportunity for it. That was like, I don't know if you guys caught this. They're walking. They're looking for the caves. Excuse me. And Rob Schneider says something about what if I'm the one to find it. Mm-hmm. And then like, it goes into the whole thing with the kid with the video game, mm-hmm. finding a monkey or whatever he does, right? And then he pushes the button near the monkey's tail or whatever, and Kino falls through the thing. Why the hell wouldn't they have Rob Schneider fall through the thing and reinforce his what-if thing yet again? Because yeah. they already reinforced it two or three times. They, it's like they set it up, and then we're like, never mind. Let's have Kino find it. And there was no comic value or story plot progression to having Kino be the one who falls into the hole because then they all just walk in afterwards because his line hey I found Waldo it's pretty funny but anybody could have said that right totally right and it wasn't even that great a joke it was an all right joke but yeah anybody could have said it why didn't Rob Schneider be the one to fall in the hole yeah what are you doing what are you doing yeah missed opportunity you know what I'm starting to think this movie is far from perfect 
<laughs> but yeah, Rob Schneider in this is is genuinely hilarious. Like a lot of the time, uh, the the Gumbian Law thing. Uh, I'll be your Gumbian Law. That line cracks me up. I mean, um, it's it's so stupid, but I I always chuckle at the fact that the the beginning of the movie where he like they all go to go surfing and they run out into the into the waves and he's like, "Oh guys, I got to wax my board." And then you look at his surfboard and it is it's caked just, with wax. Yeah, it's like, it's everywhere. Like, like it's <laughs> disgusting looking. And then he sits there the whole time they're surfing, probably what constitutes like an hour, hour and a half, 2 hours and just rubs <laughs> wax on his board. And then and then he's like, "Oh, I'm ready to go in." And they're like, "We're leaving." Like like, you know, I mean, I know that was more in the writing than, than, you know, Rob Schneider, you know, cracking wise, but like, uh, like it's, it brings a smile to my face cause it's so stupid. Like it's so stupid. The bit with him as the Scottish man was pretty good too. If you're a Rob oh. Schneider fan, you had to like that part. Now don't make me come out there and beat you with the leg of mine that no longer works. Cause I'll do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that character. That he was playing in the movie, the old Scottish man was probably closer to his age than the high school student that he was supposed to be playing. Oh, he said, after all, I'm 37, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Way closer. Way closer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Also, I will point out about that part, like, Tone Loke just, you know, picks these kids up, like... (laughs) has to recognize that they suffered a traumatic experience that like their father is missing and his business is blown up and then goes you guys got a place to stay right and like and and rob schneider does that shtick where he's like you know don't make me beat you with this leg of mine that no longer works and like Tone Loke looks at him and smiles as if to be like, oh, well, there's that idiot friend of theirs. Like, like That'll do. Tone, Tone, yeah, yeah. Tone Loke just leaves them in, like, conceivably an unsafe situation. He left a cop his car advice, outside. His advice to the kids was, your dad probably just got scared of some people right. trying to kill him and ran off. He's probably chilling somewhere. <laughs> Tolo gave zero fucks through this whole movie. If you need a master class on how to give no fucks, because then like they drug him and put him on the boat, and when he wakes up, he's like, no, I ain't mad. We're going to this island. Let's do this I haven't had a vacation in years. Let's do it. Tolo was not a good cop. Like, no, no, but possibly the world's best role model. Because you know what? I got a lot of stress in my life, and you know who doesn't? Tone Loke. Tone Loke had no stress in this movie. He was just like, dead guy, blown up building, unattended kids, drugged on a boat. You know, we're doing this. Well, and uh, again, another line that I just struck me as hilarious and like always sticks with me. And I like, I'm not quite sure what it does for the plot. Like other than like, maybe just establish that like, Tone looks cool and ready for anything and just like down to clown is like they they I guess like kind of kidnap him right they like stick him they they like lock him up on the boat and then he like gets out of his handcuffs and they're like how did you do that and he's <laughs> like key. he's like with the key and they're like where'd you have the key and he's like I swallowed it and they're like it How did like you know you were going to need it? I swallowed yeah, it on Tuesday. I swallowed it last Tuesday. I swallow it every Tuesday. 
And I was like, what? That is a great line. I freaking love that line. Swallowed every Tuesday. <laughs> and back to Leslie Nielsen. We're talking about lines that I liked. Leslie Nielsen, when uh, he do, does the call waiting bit, where he's like, kill him. Yes, kill him. Oh, wait, hold on. I got call call waiting. Yes? Yes, kill him. Kill them all. <laughs> he goes back. Oh, where was I? Yes, kill them. He's got a lot of pans in the fry. Pans on the fire. <laughs> and his... And his, his his costume it was so completely unbelievable. Like you can see his face underneath like it's just a layer of plastic that's supposed to be the cybernetic parts from when he got stepped on by an elephant. <laughs> it looked so a lot absurd. like a DMM costume. Something we'd throw oh together God. like last minute. It was like, yeah, he's a cyborg now. No yeah, I, I just completely <laughs> unbelievable costuming. And like it just Leslie Nielsen in general was so completely non-believable in that role, which is what made it so brilliant. Like, it's just made zero sense. And Did I, they I ever it. dress why it was like an old white man leading this army Named like, Colonel Chi? No, they never dressed it. They just, we're just going to roll with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tone Loke wrote that part. And the guy on the stairs. That poor guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was an on. That wasn't stock footage. Like they had to go somewhere. They had to go somewhere. They put and out have a money. guy roll down the stairs. Those stairs exist somewhere in the world. Probably China, <laughs> if I had to guess. Like on the side of a mountain. They flew a camera crew there. And a oh, stuntman. I think that the movie was filmed in Los Angeles, uh, Hawaii, and maybe like Taiwan, I think. Hmm. All right, maybe Taiwan. I don't, yeah. I don't think those steps are in Los Angeles. Oh, I also love it how they like they talk about Patusan and then they show a globe with like just a, a little island stuck like on a pre-existing <laughs> globe that's labeled Patusan. Like they like they definitely just like you know they went to the part of the world where Asia was and they like added a thing to this globe. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know what was you know what the other th- weird thing was. When they were showing you the globe and they were showing their travel, they tried to do like an Indiana Jones style thing where you see the map and you see the line moving. It was just some guy's hand moving the boat. Like you could just see the hand, right? And then like they could have done a couple things there, you know? They could have tied a string to the boat, you know, Uh, so you didn't see it so much. Or they could have done any kind of animation. Or they could have just zoomed out and showed you like, I don't know, Zatch on the boat. You know, like in a room with a map pushing the thing along. I don't know why anyone would move a little boat along to mark their path to the place they were going. But like, it was like, whose hand is that? Why are you showing me this? It wasn't connected to anything. I was just like, this is weird. Weird way to denote this. It's a weird movie. That was my other major note was just, I wrote it a couple of times. Like, I just can't believe this movie got made. Like the whole time you're looking at it, like, this is unbelievable. It's just insane. That this movie exists. Yeah, I I mean, I think my takeaway from this time watching it is, like, it is certainly not a good movie. But, like, I did just have a smile on my face the whole time watching it. And, like, I don't know if it's nostalgia or, you know, like, I, I do think that there is some, like, I do think that there are some serious strokes of brilliance in this movie. But Oh, for sure. Uh, but, but... Like putting it like putting that all together doesn't make a brilliant movie. Like it kind of makes a a weird disjointed movie. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't 
doesn't change the fact that I'm, I think I'm always going to have a soft spot for it. <laughs> Same here. And like, I, I also wrote the note and I have to think about it, but I feel like this is technically the first good video game movie besides Tron. Cause like the game gear is a part of the story. <laughs> the fact that the kid can <laughs> see the future in his, Game Gear that has a copy of Columns in it, but is that? But they keep showing all this footage that isn't from the Surf Ninjas Game Gear game. It's all like original footage that was like made for this movie of these characters doing various things. It's so weird, but it's like it legitimately looks and sounds like, in particular, looks like the visuals that a Game Gear would produce. And that's one of the things that always always bothers me is when you're looking at something and there's a video game a video game in a movie and it's making sounds that don't make any sense for for that particular thing. Like we watched the new um Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie last night, Roderick Rules. And in the beginning, they're playing he's playing some like side scrolling action game and the sound effects are fucking Galaga and Pac Man. Just mixed together. Just Galaga and Pac Man sound effects because that's generic video game noises. So that kind of stuff drives me crazy where they people always get video games wrong in movies. But the fact that they integrated this game gear into this and that it was a game gear and not a game boy, which was like the far more popular thing at the time. Like I just, I just absolutely love that. That's a thing. And it makes it that much weirder that it's this, it's not just connected to being a super weird movie, but it's got a very tangible video game connection for lunatics like me who are, you know, pay a lot of attention to that stuff. So, you're saying the first good video game movie, and the first thing in my head is, are you forgetting about Lawnmower Man? Are you kidding me? We just watched that. <laughs> Does that count as a video oh, game I, movie? I don't know like it qualifies. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that one doesn't really count as video game movie. Like, it, it made a thing of VR. I mean, I guess it was... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. I really need to do some soul searching for that one. <laughs> well, Game Gear was in color, so maybe that was yeah. the reason that they chose. I, uh, I mean, I, I also I, think that there was an agreement with this movie yeah. to market Game Gear. So, right. oh this yeah, comes no, down no to doubt. Reese's Pieces versus M and M's free tea. You know, exactly, who's was, paying us money? Yeah, and and this this definitely did not work out the way that uh, Reese's Pieces did with ET because this was no ET. But also. Uh, let me tell you the thing that was not realistic about this, right? Like, <laughs> if if they're if they are in uh, Southern California and they collectively agree, like, oh, we're gonna have to travel to this island of Patusan and have this adventure, and you know, save our father, um, and you know, save the island and whatever, right? And like, hey, uh, little, what was the younger brother's name? I don't know. I think. Well, yeah, whatever. Adam a- right. Oh, Adam. Like, all right, hey, Adam, like, in this journey, you're going to have to be the seer and, like, see into the future and stuff like that. And it seems like you're doing it with your game gear. That dude needed to pack about 500 batteries. <laughs> like, yeah. Why didn't we see him pull a suitcase out just filled with double A's? Because that thing sucked batteries. Like, oh, my God. style. Yeah, Game Gear had a terrible battery life. You're like, oh, you played one level? Get, like, get ready to find four more double A's. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the, that, that was, I mean, that's, 
Sorry, I was about to dive into this whole other Game Boy versus Game Gear conversation, but that's not what we're here for, and I'd be here talking for like a half an hour about it, so. <laughs> Let's see, was there any other major things that I wrote down here besides, um, I can't believe this movie's real, Rob Schmitter's <laughs> hair, Gumby and Law, this movie's so stupid. Um, yeah, no, that, 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 that pretty much... Uh, lines it up for me like yeah i i used to watch the crap out of this movie when i when i was younger because i thought it was hysterical and looking at it now just from a obviously with with a with a critical eye as an adult like no it's not good but there are a handful of genuinely funny bits in here like there's really good comedy sprinkled throughout this stupid fucking movie uh it's definitely one of the strangest things i've ever seen neither one of you watch this with your kids Oh, I thought I, about it. Nate and I have watched it, just we not this time around. Oh, but okay. he, I I showed it to him about a year ago, or maybe two years ago. I can't remember. Do you like he make it? it? Oh, he loved it. He absolutely yeah, loved it. Yeah, I felt like John would have liked it, but the uh, just the opportunity to watch it before the show, as far as scheduling was concerned, like the best time for us to do it because he wanted to watch Roderick Rules. You know, he's a big fan of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, so. That was his movie night pick, and there just wasn't a scheduling way to fit in, like, all right, we're going to watch this really stupid movie, John. Enjoy. But I bet he would have thought it was hilarious. Right. The money can't buy knives thing, I think, would have had him rolling. Had me rolling. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'd cut him, but I don't have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm tapped. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I guess I guess one more thing I'll say about it, and it's weird. This isn't something I wrote down, but I guess it it struck me when we were when we were talking about it. Um, uh, you know, I I guess a lot of what I tried to look for in it, other than the stupid humor, was um, I don't know. I guess like I guess like the places where they got it right. You know, like um, like I, I know I mentioned the thing with the the Baba Ram and the um the um, you know, like, like, why did they ask this one Asian kid to, you know, to do this, um, uh, uh, presentation honoring this guy that like, why was he even there? Right. Um, but like, you know, I do, I do kind of love it that like, he, he, he kind of is like, no, like, I'm just a slacker American like the rest of you. Like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to pull this out of nowhere. I'm going to do this. Uh, we're going to sing the Beach Boys, you know? Um, but like I kind of thought the same thing about the uh the the love interest girl, you know, because like they they sort of had this like weird thing, right, where they're like, "Oh, you have this arranged marriage and like she's going to be your wife and your parents decided on it long ago and that like he does that sort of like they they do the close up of his face where he's like, "Ooh, like you know, uh-huh. like everybody's kind of objectifying her and I kind of was like Oh, like this is a little weird, and like she just goes along with it. But then they have that scene where she's like, "No, I'm not going to marry you because I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do my own thing, and it doesn't have, it's like I'm not going to just do what my parents want me to do. I'm my own woman, you know." And then, um, and then he's like, "Well, we can still date, right?" And she's like, "Oh, like yeah, sure, you know, like." Um, like, yeah, because like, they're totally into each other by that yeah, point. But like, when that scene like happened, it, Karen it, it, actually turned and said, that was surprisingly feminist of this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, um, I don't know. It, it, 
it, and it kind of like made them both really relatable. Like it, it made them both feel like really relatable kids instead of like whatever weird, you know, uh, predestined thing that they were supposed to be for this movie. So mm -hmm. anyway, that was just, that was a, there was a couple points where I was like, kind of looking at like, Oh, where did you get it right for a nineties movie? And like that, that was a thing that I kind of remembered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of weird that, um, they like, he gets his power like he's he's like predestined to be this like amazing warrior but like not because he trains to be a warrior just because he like i don't know all of a sudden gets magic powers but i guess i guess you kind of forgive it because he's a dude that actually knows martial arts anyway so <laughs> look if you listen to this podcast and you didn't already watch the movie what the hell are you doing Right, I mean, playing along this long, you should have watched this and then listened to us talk about it. Uh, but it, it's not a good movie. It's stupid. It doesn't hit those high notes like Airplane or Naked Gun managed to do, like perfecting the balance. But oddly, I'm still going to say go ahead and watch it. Yeah, Especially it's free on you. YouTube. Go uh, give it a watch. I definitely, I heartily recommend it as long as you... You gotta understand what you're getting into. You're not getting into a good movie. Where like I will say, na like Naked Gun and Airplane, that that stuff, those Phenomenal. are great movies. Great movies. They are the 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 joke ratio is insane in those movies. This is not that. Mm. This should not be mentioned in the same breath as those movies. Uh, it is a really stupid '90s movie that has a lot of problems. It's it, but the stuff it gets right, it gets so right that it's worth seeing for those. If you've got the time, obviously there are way better things for you to do with your time than this. Cure cancer, right? Just Pay about any credit cards. But if you must, I say go for it. I think what we're really sure. trying to say is you have nothing to lose. Like, <laughs> just, just watch it. You have nothing to lose except for an hour and a half. Right. It's not even that long a movie. It doesn't overstay its welcome. True. It'll make you chuckle a couple of times, and you know what more do you need? All right. All right. Well. It's uh, it's 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 that time. It's time for us to vote on what we are going to be watching next. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first since I haven't gone first in a little while, and for some reason we picked my movie this time. Uh, so we're on the letter T, and I think we talked about this a while back. There were a couple of different choices, but I think it's to, to go with what we were saying before about like. It's one of those movies that when I say I've never seen it, people look at me and say, you've never seen it? So my pick is Top Gun. Mm, okay. All right. So I'm going with one because, uh, and I talked to Chris briefly right before the show started, right before Paul got on the line. Uh, I was going to go with this one because it's one of the movies that I watch all the time. I've seen this movie a hundred times. It's got a bunch of sequels, and I've, I've probably seen all the sequels at least once. Uh, there was a TV show based on it. It's one of my favorites. I go back to it all the time, and I was like, what if Chris or Paul hasn't seen it? And then I was like, that's silly. Of course Paul's seen it. And then I was like, Chris didn't see Jaws. Chris didn't see Top Gun. Chris didn't see, what was the other big one we did? We did another big Rocky. 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 <laughs> it was like, maybe Chris didn't see this movie, so let's make sure he saw it. And it turns out when I brought it up, he was like, yes, he has, but maybe only a TV edit. It's been a long time, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Tremors, one of my mm. favorites. Excellent pick. And yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it in years and years and years. My sister loved that movie, and I'm pretty sure the only time I've ever seen all of it 
I've seen parts of it many times, but I think the only time I've ever seen all of it was a TV edit. Such a good I, movie. I have a really great story about Tremors, but I'll uh, I'll wait to see if we pick it. Um, uh, yeah. So, man, when whenever we do this, I'm like I'm always torn. It's like, do I pick a movie? That I just want to subject you guys to. You know, because, uh, Masters of the universe. Exactly. Um, uh, or do I pick a thing that will be like fun? Or do I pick a thing that like I think is a good movie and I want to talk about? Um, and that's like always the battle. And I think more and more I want to get away from the things that I just want to subject you guys to. Um, even though sometimes it makes it for a good episode. So. I'm not gonna pick Tammy and the T Rex, uh, but if you heard of that, me oh neither. man! If you get a chance, watch Tammy and the T Rex. <laughs> um, it is a it is a staggeringly crazy movie that uh, shows you what happens when a director just rents a dinosaur costume for a week um, <laughs> and uh, decides he's gonna make a movie. Um, it's got real people in it too. It's got Paul Walker and Denise Richards. And uh, the guy who was Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's, um, uh, all-star cast. Um, uh, crazy movie. Um, it's no but that's surf not ninjas, gonna, but that's no, some star-studded material, right? There. It's not going to be my pick, but uh, you know, I'm sure Sean will watch it because I said it. Um, I'm buying uh, a t-shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I So then I was down to two movies, and I was like... I I kind I I knew what I wanted to commit to, but then I was like, I was like, oh, do I go with the thing that was fun? And I I kind of almost did, uh, since last week, um, uh, um, Steve Martin and Martin Short were both on uh SNL, so I I almost I almost went with Three Amigos. But oh, then I, like, I thought I about like, that one too. Yeah, That's great. Like, no. always worth a rewatch. Yeah. Um, so I just rewatched, I just rewatched Spies Like Us, which is a movie very much in the same vein. Mm. Um, yeah. So what I landed on is uh, is my favorite horror movie, and I oh. I don't I don't even know if I would totally call this a horror movie. I think like it's sort of half horror, half psychological thriller. Um, I'm sure that Sean has seen it. Uh, don't know if Chris has seen it, but it's troll. so it's it's not troll. <laughs> uh, it's I love this movie so much; it can't not be my pick. Um, so my pick is going to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh that God, I'll rewatch al- that. That was almost one of my picks because I have not seen that you one. You haven't seen that one? Oh not. God. The Which, black and white thing is great. I don't want to go too far into it in case we pick John it. John Carpenter's, that's specifically, right? Yeah. So it's the 1980s, the thing. Yeah, like this 85. is the one from the 80s that has uh, Kurt Russell. That has, um, Kurt Russell and Wilford Brimley in it. This is not the one from 2011 that has Mary Elizabeth Winston. 1982. In it, so. you know, if I remember correctly, and it's been a short while since I've seen this, but I watch this movie any day. I've, I love John Carpenter. I mean, he made so many of my favorite movies. Like, just, I love just about every movie he made. And I love Kurt Russell. Uh, I just love just about every movie he's made. And, um, and, you, and you love John Carpenter and Kurt Russell together. Are you, you kidding love, me? You love Escape from New York and you love Big Trouble in Little China. That's my like, number one movie of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. The thing is great. And if I remember correctly, you've got to fill in some of the gaps. 
you gotta you gotta do a little bit of the legwork. But if you watch the nineteen fifty seven, maybe nineteen sixty three, I don't remember. There's a black and white the thing. Mm-hmm. If you watch that movie, the way it ends, this movie might be picking up twenty minutes later. This movie mm. could be a sequel. It's called a remake, but I think they they were vague enough at the beginning. You're like. This sort of kind of works. Those two guys could be coming from that other place. This could kind of connect together if you wanted it to. So, and I think they did it on purpose. Like they they left the window open just a little bit for us. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. It's been a little while since I watched either of them, but the original one's just called the thing, right? They're both just called the thing. I mean, this, the eighty-five the, one's probably John Carpenter's The Thing. I think yeah. this, the eighty-two the, one's The Thing. The twenty-eleven one's The Thing. But I can't find a listing for the black I think and white. The, one. Well, the black and white one, I think, is called a, The Thing from Another World. I have something called The Thing that couldn't die. No, that's, no, that's a different movie. It. No, it's just I thought it was just called The Thing. It's definitely this is definitely it, a remake. It or, is a or remake, a sequel, yes. depending on how you want to view what I'm talking about. Uh, the Thing. I know it's black and white. I'm, I'm picturing it in my head. Their costumes scream late 50s to me, but... The Thing from Another World, 1951. Kenneth Toby, Margaret Cherubin. Is everybody wearing ice suits? A scientist and, and American Air Force officials fend off a bloodthirsty alien organism while at a remote Arctic outpost. Yep, that's it. The Thing from Another World, okay. All right. Shows you hmm. what I know. Yeah, 1951, huh? I was thinking late 50s. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. Me and uh, so me, Greg, and Karen were looking at T movies, and this is another one that came up uh, that I put put on my notes. So it's like that's high up on my list too. But that one I don't get as much shit for not having seen than Top Gun for some reason. And the other one that almost made my cut was another one that I didn't see was uh, This Is Spinal Tap. I've never seen that before. Oh, Oh, I can I considered that. I considered that. That's a funny movie right there. The the T, the letter T is like freaking stacked. There's a lot of great stuff because I really like my my gut instinct of like what do I want is like Tropic Thunder and uh I've been itching to watch Tron Legacy again cuz I fucking loved it when it first came out. I love the original Tron. I'd like to see if I still feel the same way about the that newer Tron that they made. Um but or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is my favorite movie of all time. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, and we could revisit seeing Kino, and right? we could do the Vanilla Ice Ninja Ninja rap. Yeah, we, we go could. Ninja, go Ninja, I've never go Ninja, seen go. the uh, fucking, what's his name, the newer Ninja Turtles movies where they look like fucking horror monsters. Oh, me neither. <laughs> and I heard the second one is fairly decent. That's what I heard but... too, but then I feel like I gotta watch the first one, which I heard was really bad. Exactly, I don't want to watch it, so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, 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 think, I went with Top Gun. I think the this Ninja is a Turtles, hard pick, though. The Ninja Turtles should be Jim Henson creation people in suits. They should not be 100%. CGI monsters. They nailed it so hard in that first movie. Like, just, not only is the movie great, but the costuming, like, that was it. You nailed it. Why would you do anything different than that? Yeah, I mean, there are a handful of, like, obviously, I would love to see them do another take like that of Ninja Turtles, of doing them with costumes because like you look at you can look at that movie and say like this is the pinnacle of what they could do at that time with like animatronics and stuff but then you look at all the shit they've done in new star wars movies and like man i would love to see them apply all this modern technology to making um those kinds of suits with animatronic faces and stuff like 
I don't even think you need to. They look perfect. Like, that's it. There's that- a couple of scenes where, like, you know, uh, Leonardo falls down and, like, his shell is very bendy. Like, it's you can see it's made of foam. Like, there's oh, a couple really? of shots like that. I, mean, I watched the movie a bajillion times. But, like, it's only only a couple of instances like that. Honestly, like, just their faces were so expressive and so real. My and- biggest, from, from my memory, and it's not even been too long since I've seen them, from my memory, my biggest costume complaint in that movie, and I think it was when I was a kid too, is I didn't like Shredder's costume. I thought they could have done better with that. Mm. I suppose they could have done I yeah. I loved it. I friggin' loved Shredder's costume. The helmet costume. was good. I really, it was his costume. Yeah. The when they were fighting, it was like, was, was Wasn't much, but like, it was so spot on to his original comic look. Like, it was, it was, I love the movie. Love the movie. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, we're not all right. for that. How the hell are we going to choose between if these we movies? All vote for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even an option. We're texting again. Is this what we're doing? Are yeah. We're do this now. Yeah, yeah. this is going to oh, be hard. I, I genuinely want to watch all three of these. I know I'm not going to have that kind of time. But we certainly can't talk about all three of them. Let's do. Let's do the letter T for the next three months. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then we'll never get to watch those Underworld movies. Red Leader, standing by. I'm Red Leader. You're Blue Leader. Blue Leader. And I'm Gold Leader. Get a beer. Yeah. The thing it is. The thing all right. It is. Honestly, there were no losers here. No. That was that. I would have been perfectly happy with any of those choices. But yeah, Honestly, I think the, Top Gun. While you should eventually see it, and it's a decent movie, it's not nearly as good as those other two movies. In my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I didn't imagine it would be. I'm not I talking crap on Top Gun. It's a fine movie. I'm but, talking more culture. It, yeah. It's a cultural touchstone kind of sure. a thing. These sure. other two movies, like I've seen what I've seen of Tremors and what I remember, I remember really liking it. And the thing is just one that I've never seen it and I should. So I can't yeah. tell you how happy I am. We chose this. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this movie all day long. So and I'm you know excited. what? I know I did watch the 2011 remake and I'll probably rewatch it now or the sequel or whatever it was. And I remember it, thinking it wasn't terrible. I mean, it's it still was actually, John Carpenter, but it was... It was actually a prequel. The, pre- the 2011 one was a prequel. It was it was the, the group at the Arctic outpost that just... That had dug the thing up. Right. That had, you know... Um, that was why I had my thought about the 1950s one, because it messed up what I thought when I was a kid, that they the one team came from the other, because the 2011 one I don't think works in well. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have made the connection at the beginning of the John Carpenter one that the, the thing was coming from the other site. Right, you're the saying... The 2011 one it being the prequel messes that up. Yeah, the, the 2011 one negates your theory about the right, 50s one. Yeah. yeah. That's the last time I had this thought when I watched the 2011 one. But other than that, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was good. No John Carpenter, but it was decent. I'll well, probably rewatch it before next week. Listen, since we didn't pick Tremors, I'll just, I'll real quick tell you this story. Um, when I was in college, uh, I, I also got a film degree, a degree I never did anything with, but... Um, uh, You're doing this podcast degree. with it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, making the big bucks on this podcast. Um, but uh, uh, we had to, um, one of the classes we had to take was a, a producing class, and as part of the producing class... You had to do all the paperwork. Um, you had to do all the paperwork for a movie. Like you had to do the big production bible. The um, the uh, you know, like where are all the locations of this movie? Um, 
How do you schedule the shoot for these locations? How many shots are at each location that makes that makes for you know how long it's going to be there, right? Like you basically had to budget it and make a, a an entire shooting schedule and a time an entire like production bible for a movie. And people that had taken the class before me said to me, "Dude, listen, I know you're gonna want to choose your favorite movie, right? Like you're gonna want to choose Batman or you're gonna want to choose you know whatever, right? Like they're like, don't do it. They're like, pick a movie that's got one location." Like, pick a simple movie, um, you know, that's, like, two people at a diner or something. Like, I know it's going to be boring, but, like, you will never finish this project if you pick the big, cool movie that you like. And then I was like, oh, like, I want to listen to you, but I don't want to do a boring movie. And then, like, I sort of went to the drawing board and I thought about it. And I was like, I'm going to pick Tremors because, like, while it's not one location, it's, like different locations all in this one southwestern town where they definitely had to like take over this town and you know like sort of own the street and the buildings and stuff for the shoot right Um, and like uh i think they built that town for that shoot because it's only like 10 buildings and they trashed two of them so yeah i agree i think i think they found a spot in the desert and like built that little town yeah um yeah, because it's also like probably only like half a mile long, you know, like it's like one little main street stretch. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like it was cool because I got to sort of like pick the movie apart that way for the project and like learned a lot more about trimmers than I thought that I would. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's a that is also a fun movie to pick apart. Yeah. All well, right. Yeah, we did it. We did it. One so we'll be watching the 1982 version of The Thing. That's it. That's everyone's homework. We'll. We'll come back here in a month and do that. So, a theater near you is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several other of the Geekade Podcast Network shows, check out the Geekade Patreon linked to in the show notes. It helps keep the show running and our site shiny and clean. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you. Kwansu. Kwansu, Kwansu, everybody. Kwansu, Kwansu, people at home. Kwansu, Chris. Kwansu, Sean. Kwansu. Kwansu, everyone. You got me rocking and rolling.